It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Here we are back together again for another Saturday morning. This is Green and Growing. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. Show number three now underway. And thought of a good topic for the show today. Of course, we'll take your calls all morning long until 9 a.m., 404-872-0750. But just to kind of give myself some focus and be able to give you guys a heads up on a theme or kind of what I'm curious about, this week is starting seed because I know we're getting really close to the time that many of you get excited. You've had your seed catalogs, you've gone to your agricultural stores, gotten the seeds that you want. So you're getting everything ready in the house. And this is going to be the first year I try this along with you, the heating pad for the seed blocks and the lighting and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try tomato seeds and pepper seeds, and I think I have some marigolds. Um, So we're going to see how all of that works. But I have a couple of experts that I've been able to pick their brains on the subject. So if that's something that interests you, definitely want to stick around this morning. And Joe Lample, a friend of the show and host of Growing a Greener World, on public broadcasting uh, TV, all all 50 states. The show is on all 50 states, I believe. He'll be in the studio with me from 7 to 9, so he'll help answer some of your questions as well, but really want to pick his brain. He, He has a great online course about starting seed and people throughout the country sign up for it. So we're going to kind of give you a step-by-step, if this is something you're interested in, how to start. 404-872-0750. Want to go out to Nicole and Griffin. Good morning. It, the show hasn't started until we talk to you. How are you? Ashley. Hey. How are you doing, Ashley? I'm really good. What did you want to talk about today? I, I kind of should have told you like a few days ago, like starting seed. I figure that's something you've probably done and you're probably into, but what's on your mind? Uh, I went to the farmer market yesterday to mm-hmm. order me some uh, centipede. Um, I don't know if it's only centipede, but it's a little bit out, out of season, so that's why I had to order it because they had other grass too. Right. It come from the south, South Georgia, around Fall Valley, I think. But anyway, I went to the farmer market. Remember the last time we went? Uh huh. The restaurant was closed, but yesterday they had a grand opening. Ooh. A Mexican restaurant. They oh, had that's this cool. big gate because they had it was full of people. Anyway, um, it's really busy. You know what I found? What's that? Those little potato that uh, oh, this one is no good. Um, those little potatoes, the round one, they're really small. I found some that uh, they have a lot of germ, so I'm gonna put them in the ground to see uh, what kind of potato I'm gonna be uh, successful with. Those potatoes, they're about uh, maybe two, three peanut size. They're really small, and they were full of germ. Wow. And she's a, she was about to uh, ready to throw them away, and I said no. Yeah, no, that'll start a great plant. And what I'm going to try in March, Walter told me about this for years, a trick where, I mean, I've got a spot in the yard, but I'm going to try a large bucket like a Rubbermaid container of perlite. And perlite is going to be great to grow potatoes in as well, just on the back deck, maybe a little more manageable environment for people who don't have a lot of garden space. So you and I could be trying those. Are you, are you talking about putting the potatoes in the soil, right? 
Uh, yes, but it uh, needs to be controlled soil. Right. It needs to be cooled too. So uh, your idea with the, uh, the the green bucket is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, you and I could try both ways, you know, and kind of like compare notes in a few months and see what worked better. I think I think we should do that. I may call you after the show. And we'll put our heads together about it. All right. Um, I went to uh, if you have a little more time. I went to uh, Griffin the. Uh, University of Georgia, they have a uh, campus in Canada. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah, they are trying uh, grass too, and that's the time of the year that they all light up. You talk about, I think light is so bright you can't see it from the moon. And <laughs> they, they have four big glass houses. It's made of glass. Mm-hmm. I don't know for uh, maybe controlling the temperature and everything. But it's really interesting, and you'd be amazing to see those uh, greenhouse. That's great. So the UGA campus down in Griffin, and for those of you who didn't know earlier, Nicole was talking about the Farmer's Market in Forest Park right there near the interchange of 75 and I-285 down in Clayton County. So definitely a couple of things we want to check out. Well, Nicole, I hate to. We've got to go early because we have an interstate shutdown in Atlanta. Is that any surprise whatsoever? All right. <laughs> Have a great Saturday morning, okay? Enjoy your day. Thanks. All right, now we go to Mike Shields with a traffic update. This is a traffic red alert from 95.5 WSB. That's right, Ashley. 612 in the Cool Ray Carrier WSB 24-hour. Traffic Center red alert continues into Cab County on the southeast leg of the perimeter. Crash investigation has all lanes shut down. This is I-285 westbound. The interloop just west past Flat Shoals exit number 48. All lanes shut down. Use I-285. 20 westbound as an alternate. I'm Mike Schultz, 95.5 WSB. On the phone with me, Jimmy Adams of Adams Briscoe Seed Company down in Jackson, Georgia. Good morning, Jimmy. Uh, good morning, Ashley. I, I want to take a chance to congratulate you on your uh, new show and the continuation of uh, the one I've been listening to for years with uh, Walter, and I'm excited for what, uh, what you're fixing to uh, enjoy doing. Thank you. I am too, Jimmy. And and I just love having the opportunity. I'm outside of my traffic reporting world, but this gives me a chance to talk to experienced folks like yourself, and together I can maybe ask the questions and pick your brain that some other beginning gardeners or, you know, just people beginning out in their landscapes and pick your brain and really help them learn along with me. So I really appreciate the time you're taking. Now, tell us about the history of Adams Briscoe Seed Company. Y'all have been down in Jackson, Georgia for a long time. My family, uh, my uncle, Mr. Rufus Adams and uh, Mr. Everett Briscoe, uh, along with my father, J.B. Adams, purchased an ongoing seed company in 1946. So we will be celebrating 74 years this year in business. We have uh, the dubious honor of probably our company. Uh, we sold Brooks Pennington his first load of seed when he started Pennington Seed. Wow. And uh, actually used to sell President Jimmy Carter seed before he got into politics. What seed was he famous for buying? What was he known well, to buy? Well, he, he was in the peanut business, but we were selling him other seeds that uh, he would use in addition to uh, peanuts in his operation in Plains. Nice. Now, you told me on the phone earlier when we spoke before, y'all had multiple locations at one point. Now you're just located there centrally in Jackson, Georgia. But tell me about the fluctuation of the business over the past few decades. Well, in, in the beginning, because agriculture was a real strong dominant figure in this part of the country. Over the years, there's been some changes in agriculture, and, and part of that is urbanization and um, the movement of uh, most of the heavy agriculture to the, to the southern part of the state because of the growth of Atlanta. We were both the good and bad 
luck of being close to Atlanta. And uh, as Atlanta sprawled, a lot of our growers had to to move, and uh, their land became more valuable for real estate, housing, and the such. Right. So it's changed a lot. And, you know, people that are into seeding and starting seeds, whether it's vegetable seeds, I mean, you all carry everything, though. Flower seeds, you've got some native shrubs and trees, you told me, right? Correct. We, we carry a, a wide variety of tra- traditional crop seeds, vegetable seeds, uh, but we are also pretty heavy into wildlife and um, your pollinator blends and conservation use seeds. People who, you know, they enjoy getting seed from catalogs, and that's maybe the folks who have been doing this for years and years that have those subscriptions to catalogs. But I myself am one that likes to come in the store to touch, to see, to feel. For folks starting out in this venture, they come to your store, and what can they expect to find if they're looking to start, let's say, crop seeds? Well, we have a little of everything, but now we're we're a dinosaur in that uh, we're one of the few places that you can still go and buy bulk uh, vegetable seed, for instance, and not buy it in a packet off of a rack. We do provide that, but uh, we, we also have the the bags and the bins where you can buy a specific amount or, or a variety of seeds. As a matter of fact, over the years, we have sold many of the, uh, the packet seed companies seed that they would put in the packets, you know, varieties that they couldn't get from other sources. For folks that are just tuning in, I'm with Jimmy Adams of Adams Briscoe Seed in Jackson, Georgia, and that's kind of the theme of the show today, too. I'm curious, Jimmy, what sells well here in Georgia or things that you have your customers request the most? We have a diversity of, um, of seed requests. Most of our customers, we, we have the traditional lawn and garden customer wanting either vegetable seeds for their garden or turf grass for their lawns. We have a pretty strong draw of, of people planning for wildlife uh, applications. We have uh, hunting enthusiasts that buy seeds from their wildlife um, food plots. But we have a large interest now in, in uh, people wanting to plant for pollinators. Nice. Oh, I love that. I mean, they've got to be thinking ahead to the beneficial things that bees and hummingbirds and butterflies bring to their landscape, right? Correct. We see a growing um, number of people calling for those and, and uh, just specific species and uh, mixes that we provide. We can do custom mixes. And uh, when I'm talking about custom mixes, uh, a lot of the larger landowners are enlisted in a, a USDA programs to enhance pollinators on, on farmland or cropland that may be coming out of cropland to provide for a monarch butterfly or, or bees or the different varieties of pollinators. So what would be two or three of the seeds there? I'm trying to think, does salvia come from seed or are we talking wildflowers? What would it be? Wildflowers in particular, most of your your native pollinators are looking for something that's going to be there in nature. So we, we provide a lot of black-eyed Susan to purple cone flower, but we also provide ragweed and, and um, Florida beggarweed, which you would think would be unpopular, but our quail hunters need those. Now, Jimmy, you obviously have experience in agriculture. You're, you're well-established here in the South, here in Georgia. Give me a couple of tips and tricks for some of our listeners where they can be successful starting seed and maybe not be intimidated. They need to consider their personal preference or what, they, what their goal is, what they, what they like to grow. And uh, they need to also consider their location. You know, what, what can they grow? Where, where are they located? What are their soils? And then be sure to get varieties that are adapted for their area. And timing is everything, right? Especially with like crop seeds, for example. You know, we want to wait till after the chance of frost and all of that before we put those 
those young plants outside? Fortunately, we've got a unique situation in in our location, Georgia. We have seeds and most seed crops that there's a very limited part of the year that you can't plant something. Hmm. We have uh, two well-established seasons, spring and fall, are very busy with us. But uh, our winters are are mild enough. There are people that are putting in crops even even now, depending on what what they're growing. So we've got a a little better opportunity than would if, if you were up north where you're limited to spring. Yeah, people that may not be familiar with Georgia, I know there's a lot of new folks here. Jackson, Georgia, and Adams Briscoe Seed, kind of on on I-70 or off of I-75 a little ways, but more or less between Clayton County and, let's say, Macon, you know, halfway between maybe Atlanta Hartsfield-Jackson Airport and the Macon-Warner-Robbins area. Well, Jimmy, how can folks find you, your company, if they don't go to Jackson first, they want to check you out? How can they find you online? Well, we have a website. It's uh, abseed.com. not to be confused with ABC, but AB is in Adams Briscoe and the the word seed. We're on Facebook at ABCed. Easy to find Adams Briscoe Seed Company. Jimmy, thank you so much for your time this morning. Well, thank you for calling, Ashley, and I, I, I do wish you the best with the new Green and Growing show. I really appreciate it, Jimmy. Coming up later in the show, we'll continue our conversation about starting seed and also a special guest beginning in the 7 o'clock hour, my friend Joe Lample, host of Growing a Greener World. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. It's Scott Slade. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. And we're back on Green and Growing 625. It is 30 degrees outside. It is really chilly. I think we got spoiled a little earlier in the week having such great weather. So, speaking of weather, Finley Roofing sponsors the weather update here on 95.5 WSB. Today, it is going to warm up to around 53 degrees, mostly sunny, and then lows dipping back around 37 overnight. Tomorrow, Straight light shower, that's possible, maybe a 20% chance in spots around metro Atlanta. High of 57, lows around 40. So a slight warm-up, ever so slightly. And then we get into the rain at the beginning part of next week, and many kids are off on winter break. It's President's Day on Monday, but it may be a rainy day for you. So stay tuned. Meteorologist Kirk Mellish has the complete forecast coming up in 10 minutes here on 95.5 WSB. And I want you to stick around for the show today because I am going to tell you what birds... NASCAR and Mick Jagger all have in common three really random things, but you will kind of notice throughout the show today. I can draw it all together. Birds, NASCAR and Mick Jagger. But at this point in the show, what I want to do, and I heard from a lot of you before we launched Green and Growing, is give you the basics of what you can be doing in the landscape today. Green and Growing growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So for new gardeners, it can seem a little overwhelming. So every week we just kind of boil it down to three, the top three things you can do outside this weekend just to feel accomplished and productive. So prune roses. I have always in my mind known around Valentine's Day, most roses can tolerate a really hefty pruning around Valentine's Day. Prune them now. You can plant them now, too. Planting them now gives them plenty of time for the roots to establish for full spring and summer blooms. Mid-February through early March, that's a great time to prune shrubs, get them ready for the next growing season. So coming out of winter dormancy, shrubs are stimulated by the warm weather to grow rapidly. So, yeah, you're cutting them way back now, but, of course, they're going to stimulate new growth here pretty soon. A good one to do now, Burford holly. We know those get kind of out of control and large. And third, for 
summer weeds like crabgrass. You can apply the chemical after night temperatures have been in the 60s for four days around the time for Scythia's bloom. You know, you see the yellow plants. But now is a good time to apply maybe pike, crabgrass preventer, or Scott's Turf Builder, something like that. So we'll have more coming up. And your calls on Green and Growing, 404-872-0750. Ashley Frasco will be back after this. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. I love that. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. So today may fall into the category that we're covering stuff. Seeds, starting seed, whether it's vegetables or flowers or something, that can become a plant. So how about that? 404-872-0750. We are back on Green and Growing. And I want to remind you, this weekend right now, it's the day after Valentine's Day. So last weekend is when we told you this is it, the Great Backyard Bird Count. That is now worldwide through the 17th, through Monday. So today's going to be a nice day. Tomorrow's going to be a nice day. If you have 15 minutes during the weekend where you can count birds, whether you're at the park or hiking or the dog park or wherever you are, if you can stay still, for 15 minutes and kind of take in what birds are near you. Uh, it's a very easy process. I kind of already did like a preliminary try in my backyard just to see if I had the patience to sit still for 15 minutes and come to find out I do. Who knew? I'm a fast mover. But um, go to birdcount.org and that'll bring you to the Great Backyard Bird Count. It's put on by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and the Audubon Society. And right there, you can like create a new account if you want to do it on your computer or on your smartphone. Download the eBird app. It's free, but download eBird. And again, it'll make you create an account and all that kind of stuff. And then you go through the preliminary questions of what part of the country you're in and all that kind of thing. And then that's it. That, that app allows you to track what types of birds you're seeing in that 15 minutes and how many. I mean, it's hard to say, is this the same cardinal I just counted a few minutes ago or is this his buddy? But try, you know, the best you can for 15 minutes. And you're helping citizen research. You're helping scientific research by just your observations and the time you take. So that's going to be kind of fun. And you can get the kids involved, too. I think that's good. 404-872-0750. And Robert in Atlanta, you wanted to talk about birds, yeah? Yeah, how you doing? Uh, no, I, I tried to call you last week and there wasn't enough time, but you made a statement. You growing up in Woodstock. Uh-huh. I, I grew up there back in the 60s and everything. And we're here in Atlanta because a friend of mine's got property and has to watch property. We're up Powell Mill and we're behind the water department. Okay. And, and uh, it's like a mini refuge down here. And right across the street from this big old pond, one of the water ponds, it was dug out by slaves in the beginning, you know. But it's got these big old oak trees. You can't get your arms around them. We mm, get the geese. Cool. Yeah, and the geese come in, they raise cane, the water department's have a, they're having time with them, you know, they clip the wings, send them to Oconee and all that, but they always come back. And we get the thrashers and the blue jays, and we got two hawks, they they stay out here, and we got, you know, the little finches, and you were talking about the hummingbirds, and yeah. all the tents in the building here, they put out, you know, we got the hummingbird feeders and all that, but man, I remember Woodstock, man, at 92 and 5, that's what grew up, and that was Tulane. You yeah, know, now that, that intersection is one of the widest intersections in Woodstock, absolutely. So, see, you're a good candidate to the to, to the backyard bird count, Robert, because you see all those things, and, you, and you're one step ahead because you're able to already kind of identify and know what you're seeing, but, you know, just kind of have patience. There also is a bird at Merlin, I think it's M-E-R-L-I-N, and that'll help you with the bird identification. But if in those 15 minutes you're just kind of writing down what you see, you know, a... 
a light brown bird, his tail sticks up or his beak was long or he's got white spots. And then you can kind of go back and compare your notes and identify it. That is really neat, Robert. I'm glad you grew up in Metro Atlanta, too. A lot of us did. I know. Good to hear from you. Sorry I didn't take you last week. All right, Kathy out in Bogart. Hey, good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Ashley. Congratulations on your new show. Thank you. I have a uh, weed that I cannot get rid of. It's a ground crawling, but it does crawl up everything else. But it has um, maroon leaves that look like um, blackberries. Hmm. And it also has white flowers and little red um, fruit on it. But it has these horrible little um, prickers on it. And I can't get rid of it. We've tilled it. We've put some kind of poisons on it. How do we get rid of it? Ooh, that one's tough. I'm trying to figure out just initially. Don't what... even know what the name of it is. Yeah, that's that's kind of key is trying to figure out, you know, how it germinates, if it's carried by seed or if it's... Ooh, and you said it has berries and it has stickers on it too, right? Right. Oh. And if you're walking along and it, it just reaches everywhere, it'll just take your ankles out, you know? Hmm. I'm Googling a couple of things, trying to think out loud. Burrweed kind of came to my mind, but I don't know that burrweed berries. All right, Kathy, if you have a chance, would you be able to give me a picture? I mean, I love challenges like this. I'm learning just w- along with everybody else. And Walter and I did a, a Facebook fo- a photo album years ago, Weed of the Week. And I remember the pictures that you know we specifically put in there that particular year, and that doesn't ring a bell at all but if you're able to share the picture with me i would love to identify it and then i can better help you control it once i know what it is i'd like to except i only have a home line i'm 82 don't Uh have a computer or cell phone (laughs) well we need to set up me coming to your house and looking at it then (laughs) well let me give me some time because right now i've got to go to uh uh, actually with walter a conversation with walter coming up here so well tell him uh, hello I'm going to look that up, and if you're listening throughout the morning, I'll try to do it within oh, the next half hour. Every, every Saturday morning. And I know there are other people by the radio, too, right now going, oh, my gosh, I have what Kathy has. That sounds totally familiar. So, yeah, give me give me half an hour, and I promise I'll do it in less than that. Thank you so much for the call, Kathy. So now at this time, I do want to always bring Walter into the show and incorporate Walter Wonders. So here's what Walter's what's on his mind today. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG garden guru, Walter Reeves. So this part of the show, guys, called Walter Wonders. And this is a segment that Walter and I devised together before his retirement back in January. I still wanted you to be a part of the show. And you still wanted to share garden knowledge with all of the loyal listeners. So a lot of folks itching to get out. Spring is approaching. Arbor Day is next weekend, by the way. So typically with Arbor Day, you think, let's plant a tree. And you came in to me today wanting to talk about planting fruit trees. And I think that's an awesome thing to be doing right now. If, if I'm wondering anything, it is I wonder if people know how easy it is to plant fruit trees in their landscape. You don't have to have an orchard. You don't have to have a huge garden. You can have fruiting plants in corners and small-sized trees in places in your landscape. We would normally just have a little maple or a little uh, you know, redbud or something like that. Why not have a pear? Why not have a, a blueberry shrub in the, in the corner of the yard? Why not have a line of blueberries? You can do all sorts of things with fruiting trees in the landscape and eat the fruit from it. I wonder if people know how much you can do creatively with fruit trees and shrubs. 
Now, what about what should my expectation be, though, of the first year that I plant it? Say that I'm going to do it here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Do they all bear fruit right away, or do I need to wait a season or two? Don't count on it. <laughs> the first week, the first year, they're all all plants. When you first plant them, before, so putting all their energy into making roots. We want roots to grow, 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 so we can survive in this spot. So they don't have a lot of energy left to bloom. You may get some, a few. If you were really telling the truth, or if I were telling the truth, I'd say you should pull those fruit off. But it breaks your heart. Come on. Uh, it seems wasteful. Eat the fruit. Go on, leave them on there. Eat the fruit. And don't worry about pulling it off. But there are lots of fruits that are just carefree. You can plant them and forget them and eat it when they come into harvest and just have a great time with them. Okay, so Walter, you say a lot of fruits that are carefree. Yeah. Now, it is easy to plant these fruit trees but you've got to follow the regimen once they become established. Pruning, maybe being ahead of using Pest pesticides. Diseases, yeah, yep. yeah. So it's not just plant it and forget it, right? Well, there's some that it's almost plant and forget. Fig is, for instance, I planted a fig. I don't think I've ever done anything other than occasional pruning. Never sprayed it, never done anything. I've waved the birds away and try not to get stung by the yellow jackets when I harvest the fruit. But figs are really easy to grow, and there's some small ones, there's small varieties, and the large ones too. Brown turkey is pretty big, but there's some other. Brunswick, for instance, is very small, could fit in most landscapes very easily. One of the maybe lesser thought of persimmons. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, if you if you wander the woods, sometimes you'll come upon a American persimmon that has fruits that are about an inch or so in diameter. But where you really see a big fruited persimmon is the Asian persimmons that you see in the grocery store. They're big as your fist, some bigger than that. And that's the fruit that has almost like a crown, yeah, like a yeah, mini yeah. crown sitting right, right on the top of the, of the fruit. Yeah. And so the Asian persimmons are perfectly hardy to grow in Georgia. And converse to the American persimmon when it's green. Have you ever eaten a green persimmon? Actually? No, I've never eaten a persimmon at all. I should. Oh, I will recommend a green persimmon to you. They're delicious. You really, really should. Sweet. No, don't try to trick there. me There are a lot of listeners out there who are laughing, laughing, laughing. Actually, do it with caution. Right. <laughs> because a green persimmon will turn your mouth inside out. Oh. And when they get uh, right after a frost, then they get right. They're very sweet, very delicious. But Asian persimmons, the big ones, the ones we're just, just talking about, some of them don't have any astringency ever. And so you can cut into them like an apple and eat hmm. them. They're delicious. We've talked about planting it and maybe having to thin it out, which which breaks your heart once you actually yeah. do start producing and bearing fruit. Which fruit trees, or maybe all, I don't know, that you prune right as you plant? Because it's really important mm-hmm. from what you've said in the past to kind of set the branch shape yeah. right away, right? Yeah. The shape of the tree as it grows and matures will determine how well it fruits. And there are some trees that like to be in one shape and some that like to be in another shape. Peaches, for instance, the shape of a peach tree when it's mature should be like a big wine glass. That's easy for me to remember. Wine glass, yeah. <laughs> remember King Cotton Peach Wine? Are you not old enough to remember King Cotton Peach Wine? I don't think so. Well, Georgia and Atlanta and Southeast Atlanta used to produce tons and gallons and tank cars full of King Cotton Peach Wine. I'm not going to talk any further with that because it would reveal too much knowledge. I don't want people to know about me. Nonetheless, uh, peaches have to be opened up into a big wine glass shape. And the way you do that is when a peach tree is planted, you prune the top out of it about three feet high, which, again, is a break-your-heart kind of moment. It seems crazy, yeah. It seems, no, we won't do that. You do it because you want three or four limbs to sprout, which they will do right below where you made the cut. And you let them grow outward for a year, go out about two feet or so. 
And then years after that, he let them turn and go upward. It'll give you a nice out and up, give you a nice wine glass shape, which opens up the middle of the peach tree, which makes them have more fruit. Just, I mean, every all the sunlight being able yeah. to get right there inside the, the tree. That's uh, that's how it works. That's peaches, what peaches and plums like. Apples, on the other hand, they need to have a straight trunk, but the limbs need to be evenly spaced and not on top of each other so they shade each other. So you do a little pruning as the first year goes by to make sure the limbs are not on top of each other on the trunk but are spaced sort of evenly and radially around the trunk as it gets taller and taller and taller. So you definitely need to investigate maybe the size of what fruit tree would be, you know, more appropriate for your space and the landscape if this is something you're thinking about and which one you have a little more time for in the beginning if you're just a plant it and forget it kind of person. I'll give you another one that's almost carefree. Blueberries. Oh, of very, course. very versatile in the landscape and delicious too. And so, blueberries give you the fruit, they give you the color for the leaves. They're just a gorgeous plant for a lot of the year. And blueberries in Georgia are easy to grow. We've got hundreds and thousands of acres of blueberries growing in Georgia. We're one of the best blueberry producers in the country, in Georgia. We do it. And you need to do the research before you buy blueberry bushes to see if you need two different varieties for cross-pollination, or you could just have a self-pollinating variety. Something that should be simple, Walter, but a lot of folks may overthink it. Let's go back to before you've even planted the tree, you've dug the hole. Right. What's one of the biggest mistakes folks make when digging a hole for a new tree? Adding a lot of organic matter to the material they put into the hole where the tree is going to be put. Why do you not do that? Because the tree gets so comfortable being in that hole, they think, wow, I've got all this manure, I've got all this other stuff mixed in here. Why should I grow outward? Why should my roots go outward to, to get more moisture and nutrients out there? And so that's a bad thing eventually for the tree. The roots stay small if you add a lot of good, rich soil right where you plant it. So the better thing to do, loosen the soil with a shovel. You go down about 10 inches or so. And an area for an apple or a pear or something like that, I'd loosen the soil at least eight feet in diameter. It takes a little bit of time. And then plant the tree in the middle. The roots can go wherever they want to, get all the oxygen and moisture and nutrients they need, mulch the ground after you have planted them, and you'll have a much happier tree, and you won't have that uh, dishbowl kind of effect on the roots. Thank you, Walter. That's going to help a lot of folks, and I think get a lot of folks excited, maybe who have never tried fruit trees that are ready to do it. Unequivocally. <laughs> Thank you. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I, will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Ashley. And we're back on Green and Growing, 95.5 WSB. I know you're curious what the weather is going to do this weekend. It'll be cold, but at least it's going to be dry for now. A high in the low 50s today. It's going to be sunny and then lows in the upper 30s. Tomorrow, maybe a 20% chance of some stray light afternoon showers. High around 57, lows around 40, and then rain moves back in on Monday. So your complete weather forecast comes up in less than 10 minutes from meteorologist Kirk Mellish. All right, so if Kathy in Bogart is still listening, I've had some friends weigh in. I've done a little bit of research. I found horse nettle. That's a weed, but it doesn't really vine. But horse nettle met some of your criteria. It's got thorns. It's got white flowers that eventually turn purple, and it does have little berries. They almost look like little tiny, tiny mini tomatoes. So if that were the case, something with glyphosate, you know, like Roundup is going to work just fine. Just be careful when you apply it. 
for what's around. But if it's not horse nettle, because that doesn't find, like you said, Smilax is one that has waxy leaves. Thank you, Mickey Gasway. Has waxy leaves and berries. So with the waxy leaves, uh, that Roundup application is going to be a little more tricky because those leaves have the waxy coating that they're not going to absorb the Roundup as well. So what we can maybe do is cut that back, cut it all the way back, and then try to apply the Roundup that way. Or triclopyr is another uh, weed chemical that is you know often used for many, many weeds. Uh, triclopyr, that comes in the form of like a weed be gone, something at the store. That's what you buy, ortho weed be gone. So at this point, I want to tell you some other things you could do this weekend. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. So pretty easy if you're planning on getting out in the garden this weekend and you don't want to be overwhelmed, this is going to be a good start for you. Speaking of weeds, many of you may start seeing crabgrass. That's so obnoxious, especially when it's in your dormant Bermuda and that's all you see. So Pike Crabgrass Preventer or Scott's Turf Builder, Halt's Crabgrass Preventer, those are really good things you could be applying right now. Those are pre-emergence. They're going to stop the crabgrass before it really gets going. Prune roses. Plant them now, too. Always around Valentine's Day. Most roses, this holds true. Knockouts, you can cut all the way back to 12 inches high. They're very forgiving. Kind of, you know, give them a little bit of direction by cutting above a node that faces outward. That way the branches aren't going to be able to be forced to grow inward. And then mid-February now through March, great time to prune shrubs. Burford holly is one right now. So they're coming out of winter dormancy and they're going to be stimulated by the warm weather to start growing. So, all right, coming up in the next couple of hours, my friend Joe Lample is going to be with me. And I'm going to tie it all in together for you. Birds, NASCAR, and Mick Jagger. All of those things have something in common for green and growing this weekend. We'll be back with more of your calls. 404-872-0750. Ashley Frasca, 95.5 WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.